What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk the latest in the NBA as well as sprinkling sprinkling in. I can't ever get that right. There's very few times where I can actually say that. I need to find a different catchphrase so that I can I don't have to mess it up every time. Um, <laughs> also, on my screen right now, you look very small. You look like it doesn't look like you're far away. It just looks like you are a tiny person. Um, anyways, wow. Oh, welcome to another episode of T2. And we're going to be talking about the latest in the NBA. And I'm not going to say the other part. Uh, we have a very special episode for you guys today. Uh, but I'm joined by my friend and co-host, as always, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, how are you living today? Keith, um, I think I'm doing okay. The Patriots dynasty is over. And I don't know how I should feel about that because it really hasn't been good for a while. Like really, like the last five years have all been kind of kind of bad. But uh, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm just reeling, man. I always had the Pats, even though like the Knicks were bad, and now the Knicks are kind of good, and now the Pats are bad. I just I just can't find joy, man. If only I had joy in some other form of life, like having a child. That was weird. You can cut that off if you want. <laughs> Someday Cohen will listen back to these, and and it'll be a, it'll be a, a, a little giggle between you two. It made sense in my head <laughs> as a joke, and then it, the execution was not there. <laughs> if we're being honest. All right, Rye. So, um, first of all, rest in peace to your Patriots dynasty. Um, I, I know that you're mourning today. Yeah. But today, guys, like we said, we have a very special episode for you. Um, we are at the midway point of the season, uh, which means that we will have the all-star break coming up uh, but it also means that we get to do some mid-season special discussions and so today um, instead of doing recent nba news and whatnot we're going to start by doing a a purging of sorts of mm. our hottest takes or just our takes in general we are bringing the mild to spicy content to you right here right now in this episode and so um we're going to start with the with the with the takes purge. And then later in this episode, we're going to give our midseason awards, basically who would win the MVP DPOY and so on and so forth. If the season were to end today. So Ryan, this purge of our takes, I want to start with you. My first take is that Kevin Durant should request another trade. It would be so funny. <laughs> first of all, it, I I would just love the idea of just every year something goes wrong and Kevin Durant's on a new team. I don't want it to be a team we've seen him on before. I know I mentioned OKC like two, three pods ago. I don't want that to happen. I want like I want just random KD every year. It's like 2025. Guess what? KD's on the Kings now. I want that to keep happening. I want trouble to follow him wherever he goes. But in on in all seriousness, I mean. I think that the the Suns should just go ahead and just call it quits. I mean, they don't even enjoy playing basketball. And Kevin Durant's a guy who, like, leaves basketball games and gets on 2K. Like, he loves basketball more than pretty much anyone on the planet. And he's not enjoying himself. So, you know what? Find a new home. Maybe he'll like being on, like, the Hornets or something. Who knows? It sucks for KD because, you know, he he's he's kind of stuck in this, in this rut of – He's asked for too many trades, and so naturally all the KD haters, which I, I admit that I used to be, all the KD haters will be like, of course he's doing this. Uh, but for me now, you know, I'm removed from from all the KD hate. Um, I think it would just be funnier than anything else <laughs> if he just ended up on some, on like, like the Hornets or um, the 
freaking wizards or something <laughs> like that. Uh, town. <laughs> all right. My first take, Rye, um, and this this will probably be near and dear to your heart. Mm. Uh, but my first take is that Donovan Mitchell is not a top five shooting guard or whatever position he plays mm. in the NBA. I don't know if that's a hot take. I, I, that might just be a regular take. Um, but I, I, I'm i a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I like when he's successful. But I feel like he is he's hyped up to be something that he really hasn't proven to be. Um, when he was younger and, and in Utah, it was really exciting to see him succeed at this this high level. But outside of that, you know, we haven't really seen him uh, do carry the, the, these Cavs teams that he's in um, to any, you know, any sort of dominance or any real any real threat to be a true contender. And so um, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm a little bit off the wagon for Donovan Mitchell. And I think that he he's got a lot more to prove than. Uh, than not if that makes sense yeah totally i think i think you know donald mitchell has been catching a lot of flack lately from like a lot of people it seems to be like a, a common thing because the Cavs are just kind of like they sort of ran it back this year and whereas last year they were like a fun like young kind of creative team this year it's just kind of like like i think everyone has players that there's in trade rumors right now and it seems like Darius Garland's kind of the only one who's safe from that. You know, Mitchell, like, as fun as he is, um, you know, he, he's got, you know, the outside scoring ability, but he can also attack the basket super hard. Um, and he just seems like a super likable guy. I mean, even with my team, who has clearly been linked for two years now with Donovan Mitchell, and, um, yeah, it, it seems like uh, there's an almost ongoing conversation about whether or not he's going to come to my team. I mean, we've you know me and nick's twitter we have had conversations about whether or not we want donovan mitchell to even come to the knicks i mean one of the the big things that keeps being said is that like he's he's very redundant with jalen brunson but it doesn't feel like he's better than jalen brunson at all um and i think the last two years in the playoffs if you count the utah and dallas year i mean it's kind of proven that um in fact there's like a thing going on, on nick's twitter right now where some Cavs fan was in uh, somebody's replies and said something like, you know, Don or Donovan Mitchell might be 6'3", but he's got a 6'10 wingspan, which is like, you know, obviously like it puts him in like an outlier for like wingspans for people his height or something like that. And so now Nick's Twitter is just showing clips of like him not getting steals and people like passing over him and all this kind of stuff. And like 6'10 wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> a thing. So who I'm trying to think who the other five, I mean, you would have to have, obviously, uh, Devin Booker and SGA would be ahead of him, I would assume. Um, this version of of James Harden that we've gotten the last you know few weeks, yeah, sure, I could I could be on board with that. Then it starts kind of getting murky for me. So, would you have anybody else above him? <laughs> you know, I I really should have thought about the other five. Um, I kind of just made this take and didn't think about the logistics of it. No, that's the best. Uh, so I take. can't think of anybody. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too. Um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, he probably is four or five somewhere in there. Um, but I, I'll have a better, I'll have a better read on it. No, it's fine. We're in positionless basketball, anyways. So Luca and Anthony Davis, um, <laughs> both have one of my takes. I was going to say was uh, I was going to say that Anthony Davis is better than LeBron, but that's like sadly becoming true. So I'm not gonna. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, my next take. My next take. Um, God, this is like the most boring one. I always hate rookie of the year kind of takes, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it because I believe it. Uh, Wimby is so much better than Chet. Like, and maybe mm. that's a hot take to somebody. It's a hot take to at least one person who's listening to this pod. But like, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, I saw something the other day. I wish I knew who who came up with this take, but it was like you know, there's a bunch of Chets in the league, but like no one's ever seen Wimby. I mean, if you saw, I, I know you did because we were texting during the the Spurs Bucks game. Like the Wimby Giannis back and forth for like three or four straight possessions is like nothing I've ever seen in my life, and it was yeah, incredible. It's awesome. He he's one of a kind. Um, Chet's great. He's getting good numbers as he should because he's on a good team, but. Wimby is like he is incredible. He's he's the best rookie this year. I like that take. Um, my hot take, and this is one that I don't actually believe in. Uh, this is just one I just wanted to say was that uh, actually Jaime Hawkes Jr. should win the rookie <laughs> of the year over both of those guys, <laughs> simply because uh, he is the the first person uh, of Mexican origin to uh, be in the dunk contest <laughs> this All Star weekend. I love that, um, and I think that that should be. That should be rewarded. <laughs> I I keep trying to work in some Hami Hakez stuff because I mentioned on our March Madness pod that he was like going to be one of the best players in the tournament and everybody should watch Hami Hakez and all this stuff. But I said like a ton of stuff that was like just bad and, and turned out not being true at all. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm I'm still checking on Mike Miles from TCU to see if he's like ever going to have a good game again. But like. The Hami Hakez take, if you only isolate that 30 seconds from our March Madness pod, that's great. It makes me look like a genius. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's going to be moments of that. There's sometimes where we sound like we have never watched a lick of basketball in our life. <laughs> but there's also sometimes where we could replace the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. Oh, um, easily. Stephen A. Smith, um, who is finally coming around on the OG Hintonobi trade after the Knicks have not. Not lost in the year 2024 yet. All right, Keith. My final take right here. Um, I hate to I hate to play spoiler. I hate to ruin this fun season we're having and tell everybody uh one of the major outcomes. But uh I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys a little peek at the end of the book here. The Knicks are making the Eastern Conference Finals. It's happening. Ooh. Put it in the books. This is our year. And even if I were Boston, I would be a little afraid too. I mean, so far, uh, I just crunched the numbers and the Knicks are having as good of a 2024 as you can possibly have because they are undefeated. Uh, they beat the 76ers by like 40 points. Um, it's been it's been unbelievable. It's been great vibes uh, throughout this whole, this whole calendar year. Um, I don't know if you saw, but they were denied their disabled player exception for, for Mitchell Robinson because he is probably going to come back this year. So adding Mitchell Robinson back into this lineup and presumptively some kind of guard off the bench, I mean, we don't have like the top-end talent. You know, we're not throwing Giannis on the court, but we're throwing about eight guys who know how to play some basketball, and that's all that matters in this league. Well, actually, if you exclude basically every team that's won a title. Hey, once you get uh, once y'all get Demar Derozan, you'll have the best player from like 2017. So come on, <laughs> one of the top five players from 2017. 20- so that'll, that'll be great. He wasn't on the Spurs, but yeah, he was still on the Raptors in 2017. Come on, 
Yeah, yeah. This is last season. <laughs> Him and OG Ananobi. So we'll have two pieces of that Raptors team that got there swept. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. My next take is is very similar to that. I actually didn't have this specific take. I had a take about this team that I'm about to talk about. But when you said that, I wanted to just make this a take. Um, I believe that the New Orleans Pelicans will be in the Western Conference Finals this this season, um, which the, the Pelicans is they're a team that we have not talked about very much on this podcast uh, because it's a lot of is Zion hurt? Is Brandon Ingram hurt? Uh, but currently they're sitting at 23 and 15, um, which is sixth in the West right now. Uh, they're they've won uh, seven of their last 10 games and Zion and BI um, are, are having pretty solid seasons. Um, I uh, they're on my mind because last night they beat the Warriors 141 to 105, which was Steve Kerr's uh, largest home loss um, in his in his time as the head coach of the Warriors. Um, and, and it, it's just, it's just one of these things where I, I'm looking at all these teams um, that are in the top, top eight in the West. And you have, so, so in order you have Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Clippers, Kings, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Suns. That's your top eight right now. Um, you obviously have the Nuggets uh, with their championship pedigree and the best player in the game and, and Jokic. And you have the Clippers that we've talked about on, in recent pods about their their veteran presence and their recent success. But other than that, you know, Timberwolves, Thunder, uh, Kings, and Mavs and Suns, I feel like the continuity of the Pelicans right now, I trust more than any of those other teams. Um, I, think, I think that they, despite the injury history that they've experienced, um, this team knows how to play together, and though it didn't really gel that well when all these guys first got together, um, it it is it has turned a corner to where they're able to uh, crank out some impressive wins against good teams. Um, and I feel like we're just, and I, I think I said this at the beginning of the season, but we're due for a great Zion season, and he's only averaging like 21 points this season. But I feel like if he can stay healthy, I could definitely see this team fighting their way to um, the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I, I agree with that take. I think that's a good take. You know, this is a team that was uh, doing really well last year until they went through some injury stuff. Uh, so this is kind of on par with how they've been for two years now. And they've just got like all the playoff pieces you want. A lot of really good perimeter defenders. Um, they've got a lot that they can throw at you on the offensive end. They're very like malleable kind of team. Like, I mean, there's there's just so many guys who can kind of score in different ways. They can kind of match different kinds of lineups that are thrown in front of them. Um, I, you know, thinking about the teams that you mentioned that were in front of them, um, in the Western conference standings, I mean, ultimately like in, in a playoff, you know, uh, sort of series scenario, a lot of the rankings end up just kind of being thrown out the window, but, you know, you look at teams like the Timberwolves who, you know, have, have been struggling as of late, you know, they were holding on to that number one spot for a while. Um, their defense has been slipping. And if you just watch the Timberwolves, it doesn't look like they're, you know, nearly as intense as they used to be. Um, you know, you think about the Clippers, like are the Clippers going to be able to maintain what they've done up to this point in the season, which is kind of hard to imagine that they will be able to. Um, I mean, you you go, you go down the line a little bit, like Luca has had some injury stuff for the Mavericks. Um, you know, the Suns have had a lot of injury concerns and, and there's even trade concerns with some of their players. 
So there's a lot of reason to think that some of these teams ahead of the Pelicans in the rankings at the moment might, you know, not be able to sustain even the level of success that they've had right now. And the Pelicans on the other end are a team that's on the rise. So they could end up, you know, at least finishing, you know, third or fourth in in these standings. And then once you get into the playoffs, like I said, you know, if they can just have, you know, one more home game by being like a top four seed than whoever their opponent is, um, yeah, they can throw a lot at you, and they can become a really, really hard team to face uh, come playoff time. Yeah, I heard somebody talk about um, James Harden in this way, where uh, the reason why he was so unsuccessful in the playoffs is because his game is so predictable, and so mm-hmm. in a in a seven game series, you can learn to stop him and and basically shut him down. And I feel like the Pelicans have um, the opposite of this problem, where they have such versatile offense um even though it doesn't always it hasn't produced in a super super consistent manner it has been like you said in the past two years uh, but you have zion who is you know the ultimate downhill guy um he, you're not stopping him um if he's if he's running the ball down the court you're not gonna stop him in the paint he's just a, a the, one of the strongest guys out there you have bi who can create his own shot from anywhere um and then you have cj mccollum who is is having a sneakily good season as uh really running the point for that team um, who can also go off for 30 points at any time um, that, that he needs to. And so this team has a lot of options. Um, I've always been a, a big fan of Valanchunas and, and what he brings to the table. Um, just, a, you know, a very solid and reliable center. Um, and so and then you have their young guys, Herb Jones and, and Trey Murphy, who uh, the, we've, we've talked about them before, but they're uh, uh, really filling in their roles on this team. So, yeah, I think that they just have a lot of, a lot of options to throw at teams in the playoffs. And so I'm excited to see them continue to be successful. Yeah. it's like, I mean, obviously like the BI, CJ McCollum and Zion pieces on offense are super great. But the thing that I think will make them in a, but like, I think it will give them a chance in the playoffs is going to be the uh, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado one, two that they can throw. I mean, that's like, you got to think like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, obviously my team can't play the Pelicans in the playoffs unless it was like the finals, but um, that's the kind of, thing that you know kind of gives you a lot of pause because you're like oh man like it's gonna be really hard for our best players to score and on the other end they have so many guys who can score i i'll just uh, i'll just leave uh i'll just leave with this one and i don't want to discuss this one um i just want to say it clay thompson is is closer to kevin herter all time than he is to ray allen oh, and i'm gonna leave it at that get out of here <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't actually believe that. Um, I actually just thought of that because I was also thinking of Kevin Herter um, as he has been uh, linked to the Bulls recently. Ooh, <laughs> big time. I saw this. I saw this tweet that after, in response to that that rumor that said whenever the announcer says white for three, people are going to be so confused. <laughs> if Kevin Herter is on that team. Uh, if you're listening, I'll let you guys unpack that. All right. So with uh, the final couple minutes of this episode, we are going to do our midseason awards. Who would win the main uh, NBA awards if the season ended today? So let me uh, let me make sure that I have all of the awards in front of me so that I don't forget any. But um, Ryan. We we do we've done this um, we did this last year. I, is this our only our second season doing this podcast? It is. It feels like we've been doing it a lot longer. Um, so I'm excited to, to to do this one again. So let's start, Ryan, with the 
Let's start with coach of the year. Mm. Who do you think would win coach of the year? Well, despite me predicting their downfall just a second ago, I think Chris Finch in Minnesota is uh, is the coach of the year mm. for me. Yeah. Um, you know, usually coach of the year just goes to a guy who takes the team and, and overperforms for like vastly outperforms whatever people assume that they would do. And uh, I mean, that that's definitely been the Timberwolves all year. I mean, nobody saw this coming. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I, that that probably that probably is my first instinct as well. I it can't be anybody in the East, right? Like, it, I I just feel like it. There's just not really an argument. I, maybe Rick Carlisle and the Pacers, but it's not like they have an incredibly like outrageous, uh, like dominant record. They're twenty two and fifteen, which is pretty similar to the Knicks right below them and the Cavs right below them. So, yeah. um, it's not like this super super big success story um other than you know just a couple of good games um good wins yeah i'll tell you if they if they try to give it a joe missoula i don't know what the opposite of the boston tea party is if it's like like pouring beans down something but like i'm you'll see me with some cans of beans out in public i'll tell you that much <laughs> i'll join you we'll make a pot of chili right in the boston Harbor. there you go um yeah, I, I would I would probably give it to Chris Finch as well, but if I'm going to go a different route, um, I think Mark Dagnall is is yeah. a good second option here. And we know who that um, is now. Twenty five and eleven, yeah. we do. Yep, <laughs> uh, twenty five and eleven. Um, the Thunder team is a bunch of young guys, and and uh, he has done a great job of of uh, coaching them and, and getting some wins for them. All right, next up. Um, also, I'm looking at the NBA. Just I just googled NBA awards, and there's a ton of them, obviously, but uh, teammate of the year. I forgot that that was like an official, <laughs> oh official award. And can you tell can you tell me who won teammate of the year last year? Ooh, teammate. Can I get like <laughs> a hint or two? <laughs> um, yes, you can have you can have like three guesses. Uh, the the hint is uh, he is on a different team this year than he was last year, and he's 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 a pretty notable guy. Like he's not a star player, but he's an Notable guy. He has been an all-star before. Uh, is it Bradley Beal? It's not Bradley Beal. Man. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, more, uh, less of a star than Bradley Beal. Less of a star, new team, good yes. teammate, but not good enough of a teammate to stay on the previous team. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, I forget every basketball player I've ever heard of. <laughs> His 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 previous team um, upgraded at his position. Ooh, this season. Previous team upgraded at his position. Yeah, like pretty pretty significantly upgraded. Um, yeah. So they would have had to add like an all star, basically. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting an all star is is probably cutting it short for this new guy. <laughs> That's like the the bare minimum of what you can say about him. The bare minimum cutting it short for this guy. Um, dang it! I have so much pressure on me right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it? It's not. I don't know. It's not like a Celtic player because, I mean, Porzingis has been an All Star. Is it? <laughs> is it like? Yes. You, is it, your 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 your, is it your mind Williams? is going in the right place. Or Robert Williams? <laughs> no. Okay. No, think the opposite opposite of what what you're thinking right uh, now. Like Malcolm Brogdon, like or no, no. Okay, this this guy is on the Celtics. Oh, currently. oh, oh! It's Drew Holiday, isn't it? 
Yes, Drew Holiday oh, man, that was, was the so teammate obvious. of the year. <laughs> man. <laughs> My mind went, whenever oh. I think awards that nobody should win, I just think Celtics. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the stats are for that, <laughs> for teammate of the year. Board, so we're not going gonna, gonna to play that. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, let's let's go with the clutch player of the year. This is a, a, a second year doing this award. Uh, who do you have for clutch player this year? Also, I'm, a tough one to to know if you don't pay attention to clutch stats. Um, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Keith. I just looked it up because like clutch stat, as we have alluded to in the past, <laughs> um, is not a subjective thing. It is literally a statistic. And uh, so I went with Damian Lillard, or as Autocorrect says, Dave Lillard in my phone um so i'm gonna give it to the teammate of the year's uh replacement mr dave lillard mm. that, that, that's a great pick um uh, dave lillard would be like his uh you know how like chris paul had the cliff ball thing that that would be damian lillard's uh alter ego for state farm whoever that was that's great um yeah i also looked it up and i also had damian, <laughs> damian lillard too <laughs> because you can't argue with it uh technically all right Next up, let's go with sixth man of the year. Who do you have for sixth man of the year? Um, I, you know, I looked it up and when, I mean, like, you know, we always kind of like look up like who is in contention for these awards just so we don't sound dumb. But um, I was kind of shocked to find out that Tim Hardaway Jr. is like, I think like Vegas odds, like number one betting option. So I steered very far clear of that as someone who's had to pull for Tim Hardaway Jr. in the past. And I just went with Old Faithful. I went with Jordan Clarkson. Um, you know, had a triple-double not too long ago. He's probably going to get traded because uh, Utah seems to be trying to bottom out a little bit. Um, and I just think that Jordan Clarkson is going to end up probably on a playoff team here, you know, post-All-Star break. And uh, he's going to, you know, be picking up a lot of games on national TV, playing in front of a lot of voters, and he's going to keep doing what he's doing. And like I said, I mean, he's had statistically an awesome season just to kind of balloon up those stats uh, for, you know, whatever his next situation is. I got to be honest, I haven't watched much um, much jazz basketball, and um, I only see Jordan Clarkson on uh, these uh, Filipino basketball pages because he's he's like part Filipino and <laughs> – the Filipinos love him. Uh, sometimes, whenever he has a big game, that they'll post about them. You might be the only person um, I know who knows any of that. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I I would be surprised if if you had anybody else in your life that did. Um, but I like that pick. I like that pick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with and I didn't. I also looked you know looked up the odds and stuff and you know statistically this may not line up. But I'm gonna go with Norm Powell because mm. I think that he's just kind of due for a uh, a six man of the year he actually had a great um a great six man campaign last year uh but of course uh a Celtics player won won that one but this season uh for the clippers he is averaging 13.4 points um on 49.3% from the field and 45 from 45.5% from the three and so um that's pretty solid uh for for a for a bench player and um, a guy who's uh a big part of the success of this Clippers team. So I'm going to go with Norm Powell for six man. I think that's good. The, the Russ uh, addition to this team last year, I feel like kind of threw off the year that he was having, but Norm Powell kind of closes out a lot of games. They do this like lineup of him and Harden with PG and Kawhi and then like Zubats at center. And it's, it's been one of the better lineups in the NBA this year. So I think that's a really good pickup. All right, let's go with the, uh, 
let's just knock rookie of the year out. <laughs> um, we've already talked about this a little bit. Um, <laughs> Who do you have for rookie of the year? I'm going to have to go with the incorrect option, uh, <laughs> both in the fact that he isn't as fun and he's not a rookie. And I'm going to go Chuck. Mm. I just don't think that, I don't think the facts matter to people, man. Oh man. Um, if you missed our last episode, um, you will hear our, our, our thoughts on, on the Wemby chat discussion. And you'll also hear our thoughts on, uh, was that the last I think episode? It was this was episode. That... I think we, I think it was the one that we just recorded. That's one of my hot takes. It's written right. Oh, is it's that written right? Is your hot take? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> my bad. Anyway, if you listened to about uh, 10 minutes ago, then you'll, <laughs> you can hear our thoughts on Wemby chat. Um, okay. Uh, which also means you, you, you just heard, wow, that today has just been a blur. Um, which also means you've heard my uh, my Hami Hakes, uh take, which is who I am putting <laughs> at my rookie of the year, just for fun, um, because for that one it's it's boring to say the actual answer, which is going to be Wimbenyama. Nice. All right. Next up, let's go with the most improved player. Who do you have for most improved player this year? I feel like um, I feel like everyone on Earth has the same player, and that's Tyrese Maxey. Is that who you had? Yeah, boring. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I actually didn't. I actually chose not. Like, I genuinely chose not uh, to have this. Have Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I mean, he's but. he's averaging like almost twenty six points a game. Um, he's like, uh, I mean, he's all the awards right now. He is the biggest favorite to win any award, and it's obviously this one. Um, it's I mean, it's huge. So he would basically not win. Uh, the same amount of money that you put in back if you bet on Tyrese Maxey to win most improved. Yeah, um, yeah that, that that's the that's the easy answer. It probably will be the likely answer. But the guy I went with is actually Alperin Shingun mm. on the Houston Rockets, who um, right now he is averaging 21 points on 54, 54% from the field, nine rebounds, five assists, 1.2 steals, uh, which is a seven-point jump from last year where he averaged just 14.8 points. So he's playing uh, more minutes. Uh, he's playing really good defense. Um, a lot of people are referring to him as um, a mini version of Jokic. Um, he's really good as a as a post playmaker. Um, I really like Shingun, um, and I, I don't really like this this Rockets team uh, overall. But it is fun to watch him. So he's my he's my most improved guy. He could be like legit pushing um, pushing Jalen Green out of Houston right now. I mean. They seem to really like the lineups that that don't have Jalen Green involved. It's more of a Shingoon centric, you know, Cam Whitmore, and then their new free agent acquisitions just kind of like rotating those guys. And it feels like the Jalen Green minutes are just like you know we spent a second overall pick on this guy kind of minutes. So it's a great pick. It's a it's a trendy pick. Put it that way. I also would be remiss to to not mention Kobe White, um, mm. my beloved Kobe White, on the Chicago Bulls who is having a great season. He's averaging 18.5 points, which is a career high. Last season, he only averaged 9.7 points. So um, he, he's having a great season so far. And that that total would be up if if he had had a better start to the season because it's really in the last uh, 15 games or so that he's actually averaged around 24, 25 points. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that, but I, I just wanted to mention him here. No, that, I mean, I thought that Kobe White was, like, on his way out of the league, honestly, after last year. Like, he he just did not look great. And, I mean, Maxie's going to win, but, like, 
Maxi was the second best player on a playoff team and then came into this year playing the exact same way. So Kobe White actually made the leap, but nobody cares about that. Like John Morant won most improved like two years ago after being an <laughs> <Yeah>. all-star. Yep. <laughs> to be one of the best top 10, 12 players in the league. Um, all right. Who do you have for the defensive player of the year? Once again, going back to the well of old reliables and I'm going Rudy Gobert. Um, best defense mm. in the league. He's clearly the reason why. I mean, he he will join like renowned company as one of the great defensive players in the history of the game if he wins another award. But whatever, you know, he he's just. Uh, I feel like it's his award. Uh, that would be his fourth, right? Is is that correct? I feel like we would have to look at him in a completely different uh light after winning four, because I feel like that might be a that might be a it's got to be some sort of record, at least in the past 25 years or so. Or we just have to think of defense differently. One of the two. <laughs> we did think of Rudy Gobert or the concept of defense differently. Um, the record is for, it's a tie between Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace. Oh, okay, gotcha. So so Rudy would be in, would be in a pretty elite defensive company. Um, so with my award here... Um, this is a complete homer pick, but I am going to go with Alex Caruso. Uh, first team all defense, Alex Caruso. He is uh, third in deflections um, this season, and uh, he, he's he's having a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid steals here. Um, nothing too intense, uh, but actually, I, I'm actually not going with Caruso. Uh, he, he's, he is a great defender, but this is this is a weird out of left field sort of pick. I don't even know the odds of of. I don't know the odds with with defensive player of the year, uh, but I feel like Shea Gilgis Alexander should be it's somewhere in the in the uh, conversation for this. I think he might be leading the league in steals. Let me let me check that real quick. Um, season he's, leaders he's usually up there. Yeah, yep, he is. He's he's leading the league in steals at two point four um, steals per game. Which is which is awesome. Um, you know, he's we we talk about his his offensive capabilities, but he's actually a pest on defense. So um, that's my that's my weird out of left field pick is is SGA for DPOY. Uh, there are no odds on him to win as of five hours ago when it updated, um, which means he's probably about plus four thousand. But the names on this are ridiculous. Bet the house. So that's I mean you could. You can win an insane amount of money though if you put money down on SGA and he won. Um but it's like Rudy Gobert is is now like the runaway favorite. Um actually he might be a bigger favorite than Maxi is for most improved now. Uh Chet Holmgren's number two, so that's silly. Um Anthony Davis, I feel like is much deserved at three. Uh Joel Embiid for I guess just past performances at number four. Um Bam is on this list. Uh, OG Ananobi, shout out number six, uh, Derek White, Nick Claxton, Herb Jones, and Victor Wembanyama. So, yeah, I wish they did like a like a big man DPOY and then like a guard <laughs> slash forward DPOY because I feel like the big man's I, naturally going to be favored. I, d- I dare any voters to look at me and tell me Isaiah Hartenstein doesn't deserve that. <laughs> All right, let's go with the last award, the big one. Who is your MVP this season? My MVP this season. Well, we just talked about him a little bit. It is this, this midseason. Yeah. 
the Ryan Stanley midseason MVP award, uh, which I will soon be mailing to Oklahoma City, is going to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, no, no reason other than the first two uh, in the odds are Jokic and Embiid, and I don't want them to win. And SGA was third, and he's fun, and like you said, he plays great defense. Absolutely, that's that's a fun pick. It's it it's got it. I feel like that would be the most fun MVP pick for sure. All my picks have been kind of basic, so I need one fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had SGA too, um, just for, just for the fun of it. Um, I feel like oh. a, I feel like a Luca. Uh, finally, a Luca MVP would be would be interesting. Um, the Mavs probably need to get a couple more wins. They're only seventh in the West right now, so um, I don't know how realistic that is going to be. Uh, but I feel like that would be fun. He might miss too many games too. I mean, I know yeah, I just saw that he's out true. tonight against my team. Um, so that you know is coming into play more and more. I'm sure you probably saw the thing where it's like you know Embiid can only play or he can only miss like nine more games before he's out of the MVP race. So it's going to start coming into play for the first time. All right, that is going to do it for our mid-season special of Deep 2. Let us know if you have any takes that you want to purge as the middle of the season approaches. And let us know your thoughts on our winners for the NBA Awards halfway through the season. And if you have any different thoughts, we want to know. But thank you guys again for tuning in, Rye. As always, it's a pleasure talking hoops with you. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2. Deep2.